4: Fix it radio. All right, it is that time. Fix it radio, kLz five sixty. Thanks for joining us. We appreciate it very much. Myself, Larry Younger, with me today, and we'll be getting ready for drive radio here shortly. If you're listening to us as a replay, thank you very much. This is a live show from July the fifteenth, Saturday the fifteenth, which is actually a very beautiful morning here in Colorado. Things have have uh, you know, warmed up, let's just say.
5: And it's going to get warmer through the course of next week. I, last I looked is 100 degrees on Wednesday. So
4: I did not see that, Larry. So you're one step ahead of me. So I will have to double check that. So thank you for the uh, week, which I've got a few topics along those lines today. So it fits right into what you just mentioned. Yeah, so those of you that, uh, you know, are gardening and doing some things outdoors, you still have a yard to take care of. And so on. I know some folks live in areas where somebody else may do that for you. And that's a different situation. But there's still a lot of folks out there that deal with, you know, yard, plants, taking care of the outside of the house, those sorts of things. And if that's the case, we have a few things to talk about today. I've got an article from BobVila.com. Now, let me add a few things to this because I guarantee you Bob Vila doesn't write these articles. <laughs> yeah, he does not. It goes on his website. Somebody else is most likely writing them. But there's some good information here, and we'll cover some of these things when it comes to uh, the title, by the way, is 14 Ways To help your garden survive a heat wave. Now, it could be garden, grass, all sorts of different things. And we'll talk about a few things you should be doing outside. Biggest thing for anybody working outside, especially as we get older, is, number one, know the heat. Know you. Yes. Know what you're able to handle. And, uh, you know, drink lots of water. Stay really hydrated. If you have the ability to stay in some shade, even with a big umbrella, even a portable umbrella, you would bring around uh, and stay in the shade when you're doing some gardening and things like that. That's really important. Sunscreen, of course, is of the utmost, uh, especially if you're of more fair skin, wearing a hat, things along those lines. Again, anything you can do to keep the the sun off of you. And, and again, you just want to make sure that you're safe, not having heat strokes, things like that. So if you have questions for us today, by the way, we're here, Larry and I, 307 <laughs> Two hundred eighty-two twenty-two is a text line. You can text us a question. You can do that on Tuesday as well. If you'd like to call into the program at 303-477-5600, 303-477-5600. And as always, we appreciate each and every one of you uh, calling in and having questions and so on. And Larry, it does say that on Monday, at least according to Aurora's forecast here at the station, I just looked, 99 on Monday, so yes, we have a couple of hot days coming ninety nine gets very hot. Is it the record heat we've ha by the way, just cracks me up when you start seeing all of these reports about yo, it's record heat in the summer um summer's typically hot in north America
5: July and August
4: yes. yeah, these are our hotter months, hot August nights. they had that you know there's <laughs> an I think there's a Neil Diamond album called Hot August nights." There's a reason for that because it is. And it cracks me up. These people talking about, "Oh, it's going to be 114 in Phoenix." Well, yeah, I've been there when it's been 120. Uh, okay, I've been down to late Pellet 120. Yeah, duh. It, I,
5: it just is. It <laughs> is
4: what it is. It's nothing's changed. It's been that way for eons. Yep. So it just drives me crazy when you hear some of these people, the news media, especially. Oh, hottest hot hottest summer on record. Um, no, actually. It probably is. And I was going to talk about this this last week. There was an article in Nine News this last week about how it was the hottest day on whatever, whatever. Well, if you go back and if you look at the article and actually read everything there, uh, unless you go back about 10 years and it was just as hot then.
5: Sure. Anyway, <laughs> and the sad part, I've read an, article, <clears throat> I read an article the other day, and they were talking about how late it has been in July to get
4: hot wow. temperatures. Yeah.
5: And now they're saying, oh, my God winter is gonna be very snowy.
4: I've seen some of those reports as well. And again, who knows, folks? That's one of those where we'll talk about that as we get a little closer to wintertime. What's winter gonna be like? I have no idea. Point being- I don't think it, they know either. Yeah, they don't, nobody knows. It is summer now. Get the things you need to get done in the summertime, done in the summer. We get the fall things done in the fall. And then when winter hits, we do the things we need to do in the winter. And it's just the way things happen. So-
5: It's a normal cycle.
4: It exa- Exactly. So a few things to, to handle. <laughs> the heat for your garden and or yard this could be garden uh could be trees could be lawn you name it we'll talk about some of these things number 1 mulch your beds yes by keeping good a good amount not just having a you know a half inch layer but having a good amount of mulch over your flower beds around the trees even, you know, ringing the trees, things like that. It keeps that moisture in the soil because that mulch, that bark, if you would, it's really, you know, ch- chopped up bark right. is what that is. That mulch will keep that moisture there. It's like a sponge. Think of it that way.
5: Exactly. The mulch will hold the water, and then it will drip down through your your, Correct. your ground. Correct. So, yeah, it helps water better. Yes, longer
4: yes and it does say as i said earlier you don't want just a half an inch this particular article saying lay it two to three inches thick don't pile any thicker than that because then you could end up with some rot and things like that but that two to three inch mark i mean i know i'm on radio you can't see this but you know (laughs) two to three inches you know you know how much that is larry can see it but you know just just you know just two or three inches thick is all you need to do you don't need this volcano of of you know this mound of of mulch you don't want to do that either you don't want to suffocate your plants and the roots of them. You want to make sure there's enough air coming into them, but you want to do enough to where, to Larry's point, you're keeping that moisture into the ground, letting it stay there, have the plant material absorb that, and so on. Second thing you can do. Now, this one I never really thought of, but it makes a lot of sense. You can take – and there's – there's um, Companies that make these, you know, pre-made, or you can make them yourself out of some PVC and so on. Uh, but that is putting some shade over some of those plants. Now, depending upon the plant and what is required for it, some plants like a lot of sun. Yes. So you'll you'll need to know a little bit about your horticulture side of the aisle and what do certain plants need and so on. But, yes, if you can keep a little bit of that hot sun in the afternoons off of certain areas, especially... Those plants that may be up against the house, which here in Colorado, just as a side note, in Colorado, unless you've got an older home or you know the ground is really good and you don't have a lot of clay and so on, it is not recommended in Colorado to put flower beds up against the foundation of the house. Exactly. What I was going to say is if you're up against the house, then you typically would want to do some shading and make sure things are dialed in in that particular case but uh, that would be the, the again that that that's that's kind of the exception you really don't want to do that if you don't have to so you want to keep those beds away from the house and if and especially this is another little trick if you can do raised beds that keeps the you know, the little rodents and things like that out of it doesn't keep everything out because they can still jump. But the rabbits and things like that, you definitely can keep out squirrels, right. things like that. They can jump. The birds can get in and so on. But you will keep some of the the ground uh, pests, I guess you could say, out of some of those. So my advice would be to raise those. And, and uh, I personally, again, in Colorado, because of the soil we have, especially those of you living in some of the newer neighborhoods out there, maybe you've moved to Colorado <laughs> recently. It is a no, no to put those things up against the foundation because you don't want that water and moisture up against the foundation. It's why most of newer Colorado homes where there's a lot of clay are built up on a hill. They remediate the soil as much as they can. You've got a drainage system around the house running to a sump pump. They do gravel out about three to four feet from the house. There's no grass or vegetation up against the house. And even if you have any shrubs, they tell you to put low watering, you know, low low water use plants and shrubs up against the house because they don't want any of that water running along the foundation because that's where you end up with problems with the clay expansion, soil expansion, and so on.
5: You know, and the sad part, John, is is years ago you were taught to put rose bushes and things around your windows to help prevent people from breaking in. Right. You don't want to do that.
4: No, not in Colorado. We don't do that anymore. So great point, Larry. And yes, those were things you used to do, but— Again, in Colorado, even you'll see builders and so on, they'll put very, uh, they're like drought tolerant is the best way to say that plants around the, the, the you know, not, not necessarily if the foundation, but up against the house. And most people have basements, so the foundation is way low. But again, they're trying to keep those things away from the house itself. That's why they're built on hills and so on.
5: Well, and the other thing you can do is is as your house gets older and the water along the edges lowers the soil bring more soil in yeah
4: bring that back up and depending upon your neighborhood and what's happened settling is what larry's talking about yes watch for that settling and you want to take care of those things if it's under warranty of course have the builder do it if it's out of warranty now it's on you but to larry's point yes you need to be watching that and and taking care of those things if they come up all right the other thing to do and this one this one gets tough depending upon what part of town you live in now I was reading a article yesterday that talked about how low water usage this summer for most municipalities has been. I doubt seriously if you're going to have anybody coming around knocking on your door if you're out watering your your plants and so on. If you're running water on the grass, that might be a different situation. We'll talk about that maybe a little later. But the other key to keeping things, uh, you know, really alive and rejuvenated, uh, you know, in this in this heat that we've got right now, is to water regularly
5: water regularly make sure if you're using a sprinkler system make sure the sprinklers are not watering your driveway or your sidewalks you want to water the grass good point yeah
4: other thing to do of course this is true especially with your grass this time of the year water early so i should say that two ways water either middle of the night or early morning uh, middle of the night actually is best if you can do it because you're allowing all that water to run down into things and your evaporation is a lot less in the middle of the night. Now, the one thing here you have to worry about in Colorado and you just have to watch this is if you're in an area where you can tend to get a little bit of breeziness at night, sometimes the wind will blow yep. you know, up till, I don't know, 2, 3 o'clock in the morning. Usually it settles down and gets pretty quiet from that right. you know, 2, 3 o'clock until sun up. And you just have to watch where you live and what kind of weather conditions you have on average and then accommodate, you know, then adjust and accommodate for that.
5: Exactly. And one of the things I've done, and I've done this for years, I bought me an edger and I edge my grass all the way around the the sidewalks. And people say, well, why do you do that? Well, two reasons. One, it gives you a channel for water to run into, which helps water the the grassroots closer to the sidewalk and two the sidewalk is hot
4: yeah good point
5: so yeah you want to get
4: yeah. great point yeah the other thing to do is if you have the ability to run a drip system you know drip irrigation system even if you have to hook it up to a hose and then run the drip system out of it that's always the best way to do it because you can run that underneath the mulch we were just talking right. about a few minutes ago there's nothing that's being evaporated as it's being sprayed onto the the plants and so on i know not everybody has the ability to do that but if you can somehow design a drip system to work properly for you, your plants, the things you're trying to water, that's a better way to do it. If you if you can do that. Right. It's not exactly. always possible, but if you can do that, that works that works a lot better. And you
5: can put that drip system on a timer? Correct. So it doesn't water every day if you don't want it to, or it doesn't water all day if you don't want it to. You can, you know, you can set up your own time and, and place how to drip it.
4: Next one it talks about, and this is not a area that i have a lot of experience with because typically you buy plants and things that have already uh, become a seedling or they're larger than that you know they're they're basically a mature plant you plant them and away you go but if you've if you're growing things from seed it talks about coddling the seedlings in other words making sure they're not stressed making sure they're not in the direct sunlight all day long getting the ample amount of sunlight so on and so forth and Essentially, making sure that again you're not burning those up in the heat of the day, right. keeping those you know keeping tabs on those to make sure that you know you can't just sort of set it and forget it. That's not the way those work. You have to make sure that you're keeping those those dialed in. Next one is, and we talked about this a moment ago, is installing irrigation. Yes, by all means, if you've got the ability, uh, you're trying to grow some of your own things, plants, foods, whatever it, whatever the case may be put in some actual irrigation. That is sort of a set it and forget it thing. If you get that done right and it's on, as Larry said a moment ago, a clock or a timer, uh, you can actually just sort of make sure that those things are being watered right. as need be and not worry, not worry too much about it. Exactly. Good way to good way to do that. And again, there are, by the way, there are sprinkler companies and folks out there that if you can't do that yourself, it's not hard to do, but if you need help doing that, there are people out there you can hire that can come in and do those things. Yes, they will. So not, not that difficult to have done. And again, a lot of this you can do on your own. Avoid stressing your plants. Kind of goes along the same theme of what we just talked about a moment ago. Uh, garden tasks like pruning, fertilizing, and transplanting cause stress for plants. Under normal circumstances, plants can recover quickly. But during a heat wave, these chores add unnecessary stress and can put plant health at risk. Now, what I also will say is it depends on the plant. Some plants you can pretty much prune and do whatever you want to do with yes. them you know rose bushes things like that you know those things are pretty uh, robust they can pretty much take whatever you want yep. to throw at them if you decide right this time of the year because you've already had one blooming my wife last night she was running around trimming rose bushes and doing things along those lines yeah, i was
5: doing that myself this you, week. yeah
4: yeah you, you'll be fine doing some of that but just just know your plant and what may happen as you go through and prune and do some certain things like that, that's also why we talk about on this program pruning trees not now but in the winter months yes. early spring right now uh, honestly when it comes to trees themselves it's okay to trim bushes and you know shape bushes and do things like that because they'll be growing i've got some right now that are going to need some attention yep. so those are fine you you can do that that's a different situation trees I would not be doing any pruning of trees unless you've got an issue where something's getting into a power line or something along those lines and in that case you need some professional help anyways. But you know, outside of that, I wouldn't be I would not be trimming any trees right now.
5: No, right no, no.
4: So, you're better off just to leave those alone and do those in the late fall, winter, and especially early spring. The next one is move containers. So the benefit of container gardening is that you can move your plants around at will. And, yes, so what they're talking about is if you've got some seedlings or things like that and you've planted different things and you can keep them moving around because right now we have a very northerly sun. That's the way our flat earth works. No, just kidding. We don't have a flat earth. It proves (laughs) proves we don't have a flat earth by what I'm saying. Uh, The reality is our sun, the earth, is moving Around the sun. The sun stays the same as we all know, and the earth moves around, but that's why in the winter months in the northern hemisphere we have more northerly sun, and in the winter months we have a southerly sun. It's why in Colorado, if you have a house with a driveway facing north, you're going to have snow on it most winter long yes, because I do. <laughs> the sun is in the south, not in the north. And this time of the year, you're going to have a little warmer garage and that that side that faces north because especially in the mornings and that you're going to have a little more northerly sun a lot more northerly sun than you would and it won't get direct oh i mean it's already starting to go back the other direction right now uh you know since we've already reached the solstice but we'll be this way up until probably the first of september or so
5: exactly and as you know the, the sun stays up longer that's right so you know when you used to Not have sun at 5.30, you have sun at 9.30. So Mm -hmm. just plant accordingly. Great point.
4: Uh, This one's good. If you've got some plants that maybe need a little more protection from everything we're talking about, use other plants. In other words, plant wisely and use other plants as protection, shade, things along those lines. So you've got the ability to plant accordingly. And then use other plants for shade at times if need be. Again, we're talking about more gardening than we are lawn. Although, I will tell you if you've got an area of your, of your lawn, just a real quick side note. If you've got an area of your lawn where you know you've always got a rough time keeping it green and watered this time of the year. If you have the ability to plant a bush or a shrub or a tree nearby and give it some shade... Go for it. Nothing wrong with that. You will, you will save in water and grief over the course <laughs> of the next several years enough to pay for whatever the tree's going to be that you plant to give it that shade. And keep in mind, trees can be planted almost anywhere. You want to keep them away from the house. Now, this is a big one for me. Be strategic in the trees that you plant and where you plant them. Even landscapers make these, these uh, mistakes, On a regular basis. They will plant a tree that 20 years from now is going to be so gigantic. It's up against the house, the fence, everything that's near it. So plant wisely. But if you're trying to shade a particular area of your grass, as long as you're not near a driveway or a sidewalk or the house itself, you can pretty much plant that wherever you'd like. Now, one other thing you need to do is check with your HOA if you have one. Some of them will require you to get permission to plant a larger deciduous or even a spruce slash pine tree. You may have to have permission to do that. Every area is a little different. Some, it's not as big of a deal as others. You know your area, but double check that. The last thing you want to do is put something in that you then have to take back out
5: yeah and especially if you have to cut the tree down yeah it's we don't not want to do she- that
4: yeah and well Alan, we don't want to do that we we i i am not a tree hugger by any means but i hate cutting down good solid mature trees i just feel like they're they're there for all sorts of reasons and i hate cutting them down unless it's an absolute absolute must i'd rather leave them there if you can at all possible do so
5: well sure it, it provides shade in the summertime i mean it it's it's, it's essential.
4: It's essential for us. That's exactly right. So if you can leave those up, do so. All right. We're going to take a quick timeout. We'll come right back. Questions, comments, anything you want to add to this, feel free to do so. Our uh, Text line 307-200-8222. You can call the main line as well, 303-477-5600. I also wanted to do this first off, and I apologize. I got a little bit behind. There's a individual, Julie. She has a brother that's heading out to Bannimer Speedway today. It is his birthday today, so happy 62nd birthday. And uh, in this particular case, his big sister and he are the exact same age today, and I'm guessing for not very long from what Julie <laughs> is telling us. So, Julie and... And your brother, happy birthday, and I appreciate you guys listening and being faithful. And I know this particular individual and emails and sends me things on a regular basis, which I appreciate very, very much. So happy, happy 62nd birthday. Stack Optical, anything you need when it comes to eyewear. In fact, Alan Stack is going to be with us next week. Next Saturday, or you can even ask questions directly. He's always got great information that he shares with us when it comes to eye care. He has got an on-site optometrist where he can actually look and you know do your eye exam and tell you exactly what you need for a prescription. Once that's done, Alan and his team can figure out exactly what's the best frame for your face. What kind of glasses, glasses do you need? What are you doing? What's your lifestyle? Do you need different types of lenses for different things that you're doing? He's even got a frame where you can change the lenses out. You name it, he can take care of you at Stack Optical. 303-321-1578. Again, 303-321-1578. And Alan's going to be with us next Saturday as well.
3: With everyone wanting more of your money from eggs to gas to taxes, how do you keep more of what you've earned? Call 720-895-0500, Affordable Interest Mortgage, where we can show you how to pay less interest on your home, have access to your equity for 30 years, and be prepared for unexpected expenses or emergencies. The market has changed. You now have more buying authority whether you want to purchase with a rate in the threes on a 3 two, one buy-down or refinance and pay less interest to own your home faster with the Asset Manager Mortgage. Call Affordable Interest Mortgage, 720-895-0500, where we've been serving Coloradans for over 20 years. Government agencies continue to raise the cost of financing, whether to purchase or refinance. Let us show you how not to pay these increased fees with loan programs designed to pay less interest and put you in control of your equity. If you want to purchase a home with the rates in the threes or you want to have access to your equity, call Affordable Interest Mortgage, 720-895-0500. In these difficult times, you can still save. 720-895-0500. That's 720-895-0500. And the MLS 298 Regulated by Dora.
4: We have two Novus locations that can replace your windshield and also do these calibrations. Novus Fort Collins and Novus Sterling. Both are fully equipped with the latest technology to service your vehicle properly. Find either location by going to any of our websites, ready-radio.com, drive-radio.com, or fixitradio.com. Just click on the Novus link. That's Novus Autoglass.
6: You are responsible for making sure that you are properly insured. But you're not alone. While Paul Lewinberger believes in personal accountability, he wants to make sure he's setting you up for success as your home and auto insurance agent. Paul will teach you about how you can save money on your premium while being fully covered in case of a loss. Your insurance should be for emergencies, not petty cosmetic issues. Insurance is not a coupon, your bank account, or for maintenance. Paul Lewinberger will tell you that your insurance is for emergencies. And when you work with Paul, you'll be rewarded for your diligence. Ask him about their incentivizing rebate program. Take a higher deductible and take responsibility. It's just one of the ways they can afford to keep their rates low. Take control of your life. Take responsibility for your insurance coverage. Call Paul Leuenberger with American National Insurance now at 303 6620789 That's 303 6620789 Summer hailstorms
7: have returned with a bang, leaving roofs across the front range in need of repair or replacement. You need to know what options will be best for your home.
1: Here at Roof Savers Colorado, we pride ourselves in helping homeowners maintain their roofs through hail or shine. We work with any insurance company to get your damaged roof the replacement it needs. However, if you are looking to get more life out of your current roof, we also offer a 100% plant-based rejuvenation treatment that gives new roof performance without all the new roof costs. With
7: over 20-plus years of roofing experience, we believe in helping you determine the right solution for your situation and through every season. If you think your roof has been a victim of hail, contact us to set up your free inspection and receive an honest evaluation about the condition of your roof.
1: Call today at 303-710-6916. That's 303-710-6916 or go to roofsaversco.com to keep a durable roof over your head.
4: All right, we are back. Fix-It Radio, KLZ 560. Thanks for joining us today, by the way. We appreciate it very much. Myself, Larry Unger. Of course, Charlie Grimes answering the phones and handling that side of things for us while Larry's on this side of the glass. Mike in Highlands Ranch, what's going on?
0: Hey, John and Larry. Hey, good morning, Mike. Hey, on the sprinklers, I I have a question. I've been told, and I do it now, I run just exactly what you guys suggested. I run it at 3 a.m., and then I run another cycle at 4. Good. Now, it was suggested to me that that the first one I run for like four minutes, and then it soaks in. And if you run it for longer than usually five, I was told by a lawn guy, the water tends to run off and so it's not soaking in. So you make one pass through all your your stations, and then an hour later, make another. So I cycle through at three and cycle through at five.
4: Yeah, we call that Just the for- soak cycle, and a lot of clocks even give you the ability to run a yes. soak cycle, Mike. Okay. And, and I, what I would okay. say is as, this is for everybody listening, if you have nice, or sorry, if you've got a sloped, Area, yes, Mike. I think your timing is pretty close to being accurate. If you have a flatter area, you could run it a little longer and then still let that soak, and you're not going to have uh, an issue with it running off. If you've got a slopy area, then of course you're correct.
5: It also depends on the so- well, this, uh,
4: soil. Your soil as well, correct? Yes.
0: Sure. Sure. We well, they let us. They limit us to thirty minutes a week in Highlands Ranch. Okay. Or have per so zone or total. Light- Total,
4: jeez. So,
0: so here's okay. What so, that
4: somebody means. running around with a stopwatch, or, or can you cheat, or?
0: <laughs> oh no, no, they they have the covenant police that come around. Oh jeez. No, K- they, Karen's running around with
4: a stopwatch.
0: So here's the solution I chose. So if I run the first cycle at five minutes, and then the then seven cycle at five, it gives me three days a week. That's thirty minutes a week. Okay. Ten minutes a time. Okay. So that's what I get, you know, and, and it's proven to work out well. As long as I keep it in the mornings or at night, um, yeah, no, that's just it. So five minutes first time, wow. five minutes second, there's one day.
5: Wow. That's
0: 10 minutes out of the 30 I get.
5: Well, that thing makes me believe that it's more important to fertilize more often than normal.
0: Oh, Without question, I do all of that stuff. Uh, you can well imagine I'm yeah. anal about my cars and about my lawn.
4: Are you allowed you know? to hand water at all, or is that a no-no too?
0: No, no, we can hand water. Okay. Now, what they've sent out, what they've sent out in the newsletter is we want you watering twice a week, which, in my opinion, gives me too much time for the sprinklers to run off.
4: So, uh, are, are you pretty slopey, chances. Mike?
0: No, not particularly. No, I'm lucky in that sense, John.
4: Um, uh, you, I wouldn't so, worry too much about the runoff if you're not too slopey.
0: Yeah, well, it's, you know, they, but they have, they come around, they put a little tag on your door. Oh, boy. Or you get a letter, you get this delightful letter saying, you know, your lawn is this or that. And then, of course, the thing that drives me crazy is we have rabbits out here. Yes. And they they put the scat and urine on the yard, and then it dies there. And then they come around and say your yard's dying. You need to do something about that. Well, if you hadn't have moved the foxes out of Highland,
4: that's Bay, right, we
0: wouldn't have this issue. But that's right. Somebody out there freaked out. You're going to love this. Somebody freaked out years ago and said, "I'm worried that the foxes are going to kill. You know, attack and kill my kids."
4: No. Not gonna happen.
5: Might kill well, your pets, but they're not. not gonna
0: kill the Yeah, kids. It, might, it might haul your little
4: dog off, but that's about it.
0: Well, I know. And I, I said, you know, apparently these are somebody that hasn't lived in the West. Evidently. Or hasn't hasn't read a national Geographic. Some
4: City Slicker.
0: Yeah. So anyway, great show.
4: Well, and, and again, Mike, that yeah, you're you're in a you're in a tough position. i I mean, I don't know. I guess you, all you can try to do is cheat, hand water a little bit as you can. I, you know, you're know, So really quick, when you go back to they say you can now do twice a week, does that mean you're up to an hour, or is it still the 30 minutes just divided up?
0: I, they haven't stated that, John. Uh, I have in the past, with the 30 minutes, been able to get by with a healthy yard. But I have a great root system, no weeds, great fertilizer, and nice. actually for – for three years in a row, I put manure on it. I yeah, that's the way to do it. Good for you. It was, it was the greatest stuff since yep. soap. Nothing does as good.
4: Yep, good Good for you. No, you are you are correct on that. The only thing you get a little bit occasionally is some weed growth on that, but you can typically yeah. take care of that, not a huge issue. Well,
5: they have manure that you well, can you, buy that has been...
4: They've been filtered? Been fil- okay.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I did, and you know what um, I did? What happened is uh, the root system got so thick, you could barely cut into it with a knife, and no weeds will grow in
5: it.
4: Nice. What
0: the hell? Cutting, the, cutting away the, the overgrowth around the sprinkler head.
4: Good job. Well,
5: that's one of the things that the experts tell you is the thicker your lawn is, the less weeds you're going to have. That's
4: right. No, that's, no. that's Yeah, the healthier your grass is, exactly. the less weeds, dandelions, everything you end up with. Yeah. That's correct.
5: That's exactly right, and I'm surrounded
0: by unhealthy lawns. So.
4: Yeah, and that's the other thing, too, just for everybody listening. That doesn't help your lawn when you've got a bunch of unhealthy around it. That's why it's all the more important, as you know, Mike, to keep your lawn healthy because you're surrounded by other ones that are exactly.
0: not. Yep. Well, I have to laugh again because that's all I can do. I cry with the rabbit situation and, and the time and effort, and which turns into money that you spend to have a nice...
4: Have uh, you tried the... Uh, have you got an outside...
0: I have... Yeah, I do have that. I have not tried You that. should try
4: that and my, see my... if that helps.
0: I will, because my go-to Good right now in the front yard, I yeah. cut them off in the backyard. I've managed to keep them out by plugging the fence up. Right. But in the front yard, my go-to is my pellet gun.
4: Yep, I was just going to but... say that as well. <laughs> but... Uh, no, no, the... I...
0: I I bagged seventeen of them last year. Good job. Unfortunately, they they uh, they uh,
4: reproduce like rabbits. Yes, yes, <laughs> they do. Yes, they do. <laughs> well, the electronic devices again, they don't go a super super long distance, but if you're close enough to it, you m- it may work.
0: I'll look into that. Where do you uh, Home hardware, Depot? Home de- Yeah, they're okay. in the,
4: they're in the pest control aisle. They're not eye level. They're above your eye. Typically and, and you can typically you know, well they're there. You'll you'll see them. They come in a two, three pack. Don't buy the big huge ones. They're no they're no more you know, they're no better than the small little three packs of the small ones.
0: Yeah, yeah. Well I've tried everything. I've tried the wolf urine and the yep. you know, I've tried it all. It as long as there's there's rabbits someplace in your neighborhood. And your yard is as healthy as yep. Mine. They're going to show up. Go to yard for them. That's that, right. That's exactly what happened.
4: That's right. you Your hunt so, spot on, Mike. Anyway, well, good luck, right, Mike. Guys, thanks. Appreciate you, man. Right. As always, it's always good to hear from you, Jeff, in Western Montana. What's up?
2: Hey, good morning, all.
4: Good morning. The uh,
2: the, the talk about uh, sloping lawns and stuff uh, put me in mind of a was a problem I encountered when we bought our house here. Um, the downspouts did not have extensions on them.
4: Oh, yeah.
2: So the water would tend to go pretty close to the foundation. And as I dug down around the house and installed drainage that would take it away from the house, I found that in some places the the ground actually sloped towards the house. Mm -hmm. Now, they had tried to fool people by saying putting excess gravel in this. We use uh, river rock, small river rock here a lot for landscaping. And so, if you just looked at the river rock, it was sloping away from the house just fine. But when you dug down, you found out the ground wasn't. Right. It was sloping towards the house. So, just because it looks like it's sloping away, I mean it does. Good point. And I and I put down some bisqueen to take it at least three feet away from the house in all directions. Nice. So that it, it, it goes away, and that's all under the rock. So, uh, point one. And then... I, is zero escaping still a thing? Because I, in the springs, uh, I zero escaped uh, most of the yeah. lawn, if not the whole yeah, thing. Yeah, in fact,
4: Aurora and some of the cities around here are really encouraging folks. In fact, there's a lot of new project to where they're not going to allow anything other than zero escaping. which, you know, there's different schools of thoughts on that some love it some hate it it just depends on you know you and what you want to do i frankly i don't think it's any less maintenance when it's all said and done you can go out and mow and trim about as easy as you can take care of the weeds and the rest of the stuff you have to do zero scaping
2: right it's just the water it's use.
4: the water use that's right
2: yeah and then when i had to chuckle at the guy talking about rabbits and foxes and uh, it put me in mind of uh, a root cause analysis thing we studied years ago where uh there was uh, a lot of bird poop uh, on the Washington Monument, and they didn't know how to get rid of it. They didn't know, so they were going to install stuff to scare the birds away. And When they did a root cause analysis, they found out that the birds were attracted by insects. And so, well, how do we get rid of the insects? Do we spray for them? And then it turns out that, no, it was the the spectrum of the lights around the Washington monument that was attracting the bugs that Mm. was attracting the birds that was causing them to boop. So by doing a little root cause analysis they found out if we just change the frequency of the light, you know, the spectrum of the light around that's illuminating the Washington monument, bingo, they got rid of uh, got rid of the bugs and got rid of the bird poop problem. So Interesting. Yeah. So folks, yeah, just, you know, when they let's get rid of the foxes, well, what's that gonna
8: cause, you know?
4: Yep. There's always a, it's a cause and effect, Jeff, as you know. You do one thing and you're going to affect something else, and people tend to not realize that, especially especially when it comes to nature and wildlife. You eliminate one thing and something else is going to crop up and take its place. In other words, one nuisance doesn't necessarily, you know, getting rid of one nuisance doesn't necessarily mean it goes away. In fact, that nuisance may be better than everything else combined once you get rid of the one nuisance.
2: Yep, actually, yeah, the, the wonderful Tom Sowell says, uh, I don't think it originated with him, but just there are no solutions in life. There are only trade-offs. Yep. So what are you trading off when you do this?
4: Because yep. you're not going
2: to solve anything.
4: Nope. In the case uh, of, of that situation where you eliminate the foxes and or coyotes in an area, well, now you end up with a huge rabbit-rodent problem that... Yep just starts to go crazy, and and they can be extremely destructive, not just to I mean, Everybody thinks little bunnies are cute, and they are, by the way, but they can be little monsters when it comes to things they destroy, from vegetation to the cars itself. Jeff, as you know, I mean, they can be extremely destructive. They're cute, but they're destructive.
5: Well, if you like to grow vegetables and things like that, oh, yeah. Well, they're They're
4: little boogers. I mean, they they can get in and do things that just – and, again, having a healthy – uh, inventory of other animals, foxes and coyotes, especially that helps keep that population down. I mean, where I live, it's it's not uncommon in the evenings, even at you know, even though in the sun when the sun's up, eight seven eight eight o'clock at night, Jeff, it's not uncommon to hear a few coyotes grab a rabbit, and everybody thinks it's the coyote screaming, but no, it's the rabbit screaming because the coyote just got it. And is, does it sound cruel? Well, it's just nature, Jeff. I don't know how else to say it. It's nature taking care of what needs to be done. And I don't want to eliminate the coyotes because the coyotes keep the population of the rabbits down.
2: Yep. Yeah. Here, here, are the big discussions around grizzlies right
4: now. Oh, there you go. <laughs> That's a different discussion, by the way. Yeah, it is. So. But Three once years. again, you eliminate those, and you you know you you can't eliminate all bears so if you eliminate the grizzly bears well then somebody else you know some other species is just going to move in and maybe they're not as aggressive as the grizzlies but you know and i hate to say this the grizzlies have been there long before the people were
2: yeah the problem is not that the grizzlies are going away the problem is that the uh, recovery efforts for grizzlies has exceeded uh, beyond what most people thought so the discussion is how many grizzlies is enough we need? And, yeah and yeah so there's the hunting hundred- you know, are we, is it time to take them off the endangered species list and allow some uh, some herd management, so to speak? Or is, uh, what's probably? Or we, I mean,
4: honestly, it's probably one of those discussions where that probably is some of the answers. And again, for to your point earlier, there's always a cause and effect. There's no there's no solutions only trade-offs. Thank you. Yep, good one, Jeff. As always, appreciate you very much. Have fun in Western Montana. We'll be right back. Again, don't forget Stack Optical. All of your eye care needs in one place. Just give Alan a call, 303-321-1578.
6: You are responsible for making sure that you are properly insured, but you're not alone. While Paul Leuenberger believes in personal accountability, he wants to make sure he's setting you up for success as your home and auto insurance agent. Paul will teach you about how you can save money on your premium while being fully covered in case of a loss. Your insurance should be for emergencies, not petty cosmetic issues. Insurance is not a coupon, your bank account, or for maintenance. Paul Lewinberger will tell you that your insurance is for emergencies. And when you work with Paul, you'll be rewarded for your diligence. Ask him about their incentivizing rebate program. Take a higher deductible and take responsibility. It's just one of the ways they can afford to keep their rates low. Take control of your life. Take responsibility for your insurance coverage. Call Paul Lewinberger with American National Insurance now at 303 6620789 That's 303 6620789 Summer hailstorms have
7: returned with a bang, leaving roofs across the front range in need of repair or replacement. You need to know what options will be best for your home.
1: Here at Roof Savers Colorado, we pride ourselves in helping homeowners maintain their roofs through hail or shine. We work with any insurance company to get your damaged roof the replacement it needs. However, if you are looking to get more life out of your current roof, we also offer a 100% plant-based rejuvenation treatment that gives new roof performance without all the new roof costs. With over
7: 20-plus years of roofing experience, we believe in helping you determine the right solution for your situation and through every season. If you think your roof has been a victim of hail, contact us to set up your free inspection and receive an honest evaluation about the condition of your roof.
1: Call today at 303-710-6916. That's 303-710-6916. Or go to roofsaversco.com to keep a durable roof over your head.
3: In these difficult times, you can still safe. 720-895-0500. That's 720 and 500 MLS 298-191, regulated by Dora.
8: Premier Home Remodels will customize your home so you can remain in it and grow comfortably for years to come. With their creative expert team, Premier can design the features needed or add the extra space to your home, making it more suitable for your family and safe for you to age in place. They're experienced in retrofitting homes, meeting all your needs now while ensuring you are prepared for the future. Premier Home Remodels will help you design the right changes to accommodate your entire family. And with Premier's years of construction and design experience, they know how to make the aging in place transition just the way you want it. They want you to have a home you'll be excited to live in. Let Premier help you today. Receive 10% off your remodel this month with Premier. Go to klzradio.com slash remodel and let Premier turn your home into the ideal home for you now and in the
4: future. All right, Fix It Radio, KLZ 560. Again, thanks for joining us. Appreciate it very much. And if you need anything, uh, by the way, you can text us 307-200- Eighty-two twenty-two three zero seven two hundred, eighty-two twenty-two. You can call us uh, directly as well. Call in the studio three zero three, four seven seven, five six zero zero. Had texter say, in regards to uh, Mike from Highlands Ranch, and thirty minutes a week for watering. Love how they can dictate how much water you use when you're buying it. It'd be like King Super saying you can only use a gallon of milk once a week. I thank you. <laughs> I've never understood that. It's like timeout, especially this year. We are not lacking for water any way, shape, or form. You would think all of these entities would want to be making as much money as they possibly could, allowing you to buy as much as you want. I have never seen a product like water where they limit how much you're able to buy. And I've said it before. I'll keep saying it. We have as much water on this earth now as the day it was created. It hasn't gone anywhere. Is it used in different ways, and does it get dispersed differently and so on? Absolutely. Should we waste it? Of course not. I'm not saying that, but is there really such a thing as waste? It's all recycled anyways, folks. It doesn't go anywhere is my point.
5: Now, in as much rain as we've had in Colorado this year, there isn't a reservoir
4: that's not full. And if there's not enough capacity, then stink and build more. And if you don't have enough capacity to, uh, you know, to soften or to, you know, to purify the water in your drinking system as a city, then build more. But limiting people on how much they can buy is an absolute joke, as far as I'm concerned. It's if ridiculous. There, if you're in a
5: drought situation, that's different. And we're I can, not. I understand that. But we're not, no. you're exactly right. If I'm paying for it.
4: Why does it matter? That's right. Anyways, real quick also, Dave Hart, Roof Savers of Colorado. I've talked about this in recent weeks, but a lot of you have still had some or, or have had some storm damage. And there's storms that have still been rolling through. A lot of you have had even severe hail in the last week or so. If that's you and you have no idea what kind of condition your roof is in, please have Dave out. Get a full inspection. Find out what's up. Don't call the insurance company first. Even if you have known damage, do not call the insurance company. Call Dave first. Have your roof evaluated. Find out exactly what is needed prior to calling the insurance company. And here's why. Dave can look at your policy, determine what your deductible is, determine how much damage is actually there, and then you can evaluate, do I turn a claim in or not? If you end up with, for example... Say you've got a $5,000 deductible, and some of you probably have that. You don't know you have that, but you probably do. Especially on roofs, yes. Because you've got a percentage-based deductible typically on roofs. So let's say you've got a $5,000 deductible, and the repairs are right at that or a little over. Are you going to claim that for a few hundred dollars or just figure that out with Dave and pay him directly? My suggestion would be you pay Dave directly and don't turn in the claim.
5: Well, anybody knows that every time you turn in a claim, your insurance rates will raise.
4: That is typical, yes, Larry. So, again, that's one of those things where personally have Dave out first. Don't call the insurance company. Wait until you have Dave there. Dave's direct line, by the way, 303-710-6916, and he can do a full roof replacement if needed, help you with the insurance side of it, fix your roof, extend the life of your roof, you name it, he's our roofer, whatever you need, commercial or residential, give Dave a call. You can also find him at Radio. All right, a few more tips here on uh, how to handle things when it's very hot outside. And we just got done talking about water regulation, so I'm not even going to get into that. Uh, This next one is stay in your zone. And what they mean by that is plant the things that work best in our area. Even though they sell a plant that is made for a different area doesn't mean that it should be planted here. Correct. We have different things going on in colorado than other zones that are out there and plant what works in our zone make sense it makes sense and make sure that what you plant you're not over planting good point larry because they will grow yes uh again we talked about the watering the morning watering window water and all of that i'm not going to get into that because we just had a big long conversation even with mike along those lines Keep the weeds down. We talked about that a moment ago as well. The healthier things are, your lawn included, the less weeds you'll have. Doesn't mean you won't have any, but the chances of having them will be reduced, and especially the chances of having them in the middle of your yard get reduced, the more yes. healthy your yard is. Will you get some around some of the edges or your, your lined rock beds and things like that? Of course, even with weed barrier, uh, there's enough dirt and things that blow in over time, unless you're changing out that weed barrier on a routine basis, and even then you can still end up with some weeds coming through. You're going to deal with weeds in some of your rocks. It's just the management that you have of things, and you just have to take care of it accordingly. Yep. And, and talking about
5: healthy l- lawns, mm-hmm. the one thing that we haven't talked about is ants.
4: Oh, okay.
5: Ants around your foundation of your house, that get into your house. Yeah, you want to get rid of that, but you want to let the ants gr- Sur, you know, survive in your grass okay. because they aerate, they move nutrition, you know, things around. Now, if you have ant piles, that's different. You want to get rid of those. But as long as they're just underground, they're they're a benefit.
4: Also had a um, a uh, texture say, "Flow restrictive faucets are a waste of time and effort." I, by the way, could not agree with that. More, I hate those things. One of the first things I do is take the stupid little washers out because I hate that. Unless something has changed drastically since I talked with a Fort Collins waste treatment plant a few years ago, a city with a waste treatment plant uses the same amount of water regardless of showerheads and faucets. The waste treatment process requires a certain amount of water, and the less that comes from sinks and toilets, they have to actually add to at the plant because they have to have a certain amount of water at the plant to do the treatment. So. Thank you, by the way. In other words, why are we so restricted on some of the things we do other than this is a daily topic I talk about constantly. This is a control issue, not a water-saving issue. So, um, Somebody said, uh, you mentioned coyotes will keep rabbit population down. North Lakewood, we used to have a heavy population of no coyotes, no rabbits. Now coyotes are around very few foxes and many rabbits. My belief is coyotes are not n- nimble enough to get rabbits. Well, they are in mine. Um, I can actually hear them in my neck of the woods. I'm over in Golden. And I can tell you on my own property that, yes, we, in fact, have coyotes. And, yes, they, in fact, catch rabbits. In fact, I can hear them when they catch one. Um, typically, it'll be a couple of coyotes, maybe one. And, and as far as one being nimble enough, maybe not. But when you get two or three gathered yeah. together, can they catch a rabbit? They absolutely can. They typically hunt early evening and or into the night. Uh, you know, they're they're kind of nocturnal, I guess you could say, and they can actually do the things necessary to, to get a rabbit. And even though rabbits are fast, they're not always the smartest creatures on the planet, <laughs> I hate to say. But, yeah, yeah, in my neck of the woods, I don't know what's going on in Lakewood. In my, my neck of the woods, I mean, we we have rabbits at my place, but I don't have a, a plethora of them, and I do, in fact, have coyotes. In fact, I've got a particular... Uh, den on my property where we get newborn coyotes on almost a annual basis. You can see little pups running around, and I don't chase them off or run them away because I look at them as one of the things keeping the rabbit population in check. And in my particular situation, that is exactly how it works. Now, I also have where I live. Uh, most all animals we have trash pandas we have foxes we have pretty much everything that kind of strolls through from from bobcats to mountain lions to you name it we kind of get it all and you kind of have to be careful when you're out and about at night but you never had an issue so it's really nothing that i walk out the door and you know am fearful over usually they're more afraid of us than we are of them we actually had in my neck of the woods a bear run across the road not too long ago. I did not see the bear, but it ended up on next door where somebody actually took a picture of it running across the road right where I live. So we, we have quite a little bit of wildlife where I'm at. And I will say that m- for most parts, it's pretty well kept in check. I think the biggest thing that annoys me where I live, and I don't know how you handle this because they're protected, the stinking magpies are like everywhere. <laughs> yeah. And I hate them with a passion. They are the meanest nastiest they're a little raven and they're just a mean nasty bird that will chase all the other birds off if they have a chance and I hate them and every time they're around my feeder or whatever I do my best to chase them away because I just despise magpies. Maybe I'm looking at that the wrong way, but they are a in my opinion a very evil, destructive bird that will chase all of the other birds off if given the chance. In fact, they've been known to get into nests of other birds, destroy the eggs, and so on. They are a predator as far as birds go, and I do not like them. So in my neck of the woods, I have more issues with magpies than I do rabbits or anything else.
5: Well, and they're a very loud bird.
4: Oh, they're awful. Yeah. I hate them, Larry. They're absolutely (laughs) awful. Okay, last but not least, let me get to the last one here, number 14. Learn the signs of heat stress. By the way, that can be with your lawn. That can be with your plants, and, and you know typically what to look for. You can see when a plant looks stressful. I mean, it sort of starts looking like us in the heat, a little haggard. It's like <laughs> it's not it's not as perky as it should be. You can tell the grass is starting to change a little color. It, it'll it'll not get brown, but it'll get sort of that that bluish. Tint, I guess you could say, or kind of a grayish bluish tint where you can kinda tell, ooh, this is really, really stressed out. I better had a couple spots in my grass last night I was dealing with along those lines where the sprinkler must not be hitting just exactly right. And I gotta make some adjustments today on that. But you can typically see when things are starting to get stressed, they just don't have the water concentration in the foliage. And, and you'll notice that. You'll notice a tree that's getting heat stressed. You'll notice grass. You'll notice plants. And if they're getting heat stressed, you need to take care of that, or your chance of them dying is pretty high. They, they can die because of heat stress, trees included.
5: Yes, they can.
4: So, if that means you've got to get out there and we've we've learned this from Dennis's wife over the years when you're watering a tree, you don't water right at the trunk of the tree. Water out about a foot from the tree around a ring. You want those roots to go out and around and typically a mature tree, that's where the roots are going to be. They're not going to be on the trunk. Now, if it's really really stressed, is it okay to spray the leaves of the tree? Absolutely. It will it will retain and pull some moisture in that way as well, but the main a water that that tree's picking up is around the root ball itself. So you want to water that really well. And you may have a situation where maybe your drip's not working right or the tree could even be diseased. Those are things you need to look at. If it looks like it's just heat stress, that's one thing. But if you're looking at it thinking, hmm, everything around is okay, But this tree is not. You probably should get a tree expert out, have them look at it, and do some analysis and find out exactly what's going on. Because if it's got a bug or something else, you want to take care of that. It may not just be heat, is my point. All right, that's it for today, guys. If you're listening on Tuesday, thank you very much for listening. Fix It Radio, you can go right to the website, fixitradio.com. Always send us a message there if you need to. And don't forget the text line, 307-200-8222. This is KLZ 560.